1: I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's
0: some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall just for what I did well. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word: Australia, <laughs> West Indies Daily, Adelaide Day 2, Barcelona Jeff Lemon. <laughs> Oh, you were supposed yeah, to do Yeah, supposed now. to start it, but that's fine. Right. <laughs> yes. You did such a good job that let's just
1: push on. Um, I wasn't prepared to do a 30-second summary, well, but maybe go. I'm, I'm going to do one now. You yeah, should. yeah, brought to you by CBUS. <laughs> um, okay, 30 seconds. What happened in 30 seconds? Australia were two down when they started the day. Cameron Green was batting with somebody, Usman Khawaja, that's uh, who got out. Well, Green got out, and then Khawaja got out. Um, and, and like the West Indies were running through them at one point. Um, your friend Shamar Joseph picked up another wicket. Um, Justin Graves got one. Uh, Wickets were falling down until the head started batting with Alex Carey and then uh, started smashing a few runs and then with Stark as well and then with Cummins. Um, Head goes on to a ridiculous 100 when barely anybody else was scoring a run. Um, Australia end up getting bowled out for 283, a lead of 95, and it almost looked like it would finish today when the West Indies were losing early wickets, but they finished at 73 for six. So it's a very bad 30-second summary because I wasn't prepared <laughs> that's to correct. do
0: it. Well, that was a big surprise there.
1: But we're going to backtrack over it. So mm. it genuinely did look like maybe a two-day test at one point yeah, because totally, yeah. about half an hour into the third session, Australia uh, finished their innings with a lead of 95 and immediately started taking wickets. Mm. Josh Hazlewood at one point had three for none. Then he had four for two. So going into his fifth over, he conceded two runs and taken four wickets. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was an extraordinary run from him. Um, But I mean, for a while there, it looks like it might be a West Indies first innings lead. Uh, Australia were in a fair bit of trouble early on and Travis Head, as has become his habit, Mm. dug them out of it with a counter-attacking 100.
0: Classic Travis Head innings, wasn't it? Uh, We've become accustomed to it over the last two years. There will be a struggle early on. The pitch will uh, start helping the bowlers and the opposition bowlers will be on top. And then Travis Head doesn't always look uh, pretty when he mm-hmm. does it. Uh, he, he'd start off with a few inside edges, a few outside edges, yep. uh, a, a few boundaries where the ball won't speed to the boundary but it'll just trickle over the fence, uh, over the ropes and suddenly you look up, he's 33, he's 35 and it was a classic Travis Head kind of day. Mm. Um, and, and look, I thought the West Indies were sensational in that first session. I can't think of a West Indian bowling attack which bowled with such discipline over two hours in a long, long time, especially away from home, especially in Australia. Just, I mean, I, I just Saw no resemblance to this bowling line, a bowling attack to what we saw last summer, even though Kimar Roach and Alzari Joseph had been there last time as well. Um, And the plans as well that they had in place. I thought there was that beautiful master stroke to get rid of Mitchell Marsh where one ball just falls short of third slip. So what does uh, Craig Brathwaite do? He asks Justin Graves to put on a helmet. I think he already had
1: the helmet on. They just brought him closer still. That's correct. He was already at a sort of short third slip and then they made him an even shorter third slip. And Kimar Roach gets the outside edge in consecutive deliveries Um, and and the second one's falling even shorter but he manages to get forward and just get his fingers under it and scoop it up and and it was all deemed okay by the third umpire. Finally, we actually had clean vision, a good camera angle of the ball going into the fingers and so that was out and did stand. Um, That was an exceptional bit of, well, everything, captaincy, catching and bowling.
0: Oh, totally. And that first session was dominated by the west indies i mean all four sessions till that mm. point had been dominated by the bowlers from both teams but that one in particular and you were like oh okay west indies are really having a go at this and mm. uh, i remember andrew ramsey a senior australian journalist in the press box already started looking up the last time australia conceded two first innings leads or first innings leads in back-to-back games uh, on home soil. it was that 2018-19 summer when india were here and came mm. and won the series for the first time uh, but then that's when Travis Head takes over. Travis Head and Alex Carey had a bit of a partnership but yeah before that Shamar Joseph who took two took wickets last evening uh, gave me an opportunity to write my big interview of him uh, and then took a, a biggest straight up. Cam Green hit him for two fours and then he came back uh, and got rid of him in his first over uh, or well yeah it was second over actually of the day uh, and then Usman Khawaja was looking really good and Justin Graves Uh, Like he did in the warm up game, started uh, bowling almost medium pace, but then kind of got some skid off the surface, plays away from his body. He gets out another sharp catch behind the wicket. Uh, And then it was the Travis and Alex Carey partnership. Then, uh, you know, just around lunchtime, you felt, okay, uh, all the South Australian offices would be shut and uh, their bosses would say, okay, you know, go go off to the Adelaide (laughs) Oval. The two mighty South Aussies are putting on a show. And Alex Carey looked good while he lasted, but then he gets out. Ah. It,
1: it was just this consistent picking off of wickets um, at regular intervals, the West Indies today, uh, and, and at points where Australia looked like they might be getting on top. So, you know, Cameron Green smacks two boundaries uh, of Joseph, and then uh, the outside edge is drawn. Kawaja's been out there for a million years. At that point, Ooh. he's on 45, and he just gets that, that one that tempts him. He finally he doesn't move his feet for once and reaches yep. for it and edges it, uh, and, and the catching that you talked about as well. And, yeah, then that... that um, double short slip situation yeah. you know bringing the, the third slip right up I, I love that I'll, I could watch that over and over again and, and then yeah the head partnerships he puts on 39 with Kerry 54 with stark mm. 33 with Cummins all of them significant and and gets more attacking as things go on, and and they and as he approaches his hundred and then passes his hundred as well, they start bumping him. He starts smashing them. He's got to be. I, I was pondering this on the the Guardian coverage today. Yeah. Is, is he the the least aesthetic player of the pool shot in the world? He looks. Terrible playing the pool shot. I think because he wears that baggy sweater yeah, as well, I, yeah. so it kind of trails after him. He looks like a he's like a badly poached egg trying <laughs> to play a pool shot, you know, or, or like a, a, one of those jellyfish with the long tentacles trying to play a pool shot. It's just not quite working out. Um, but he belts it ten rows back exactly. repeatedly, and and did that today. He, he smacked Shamar Joseph for a couple of sixes. I think even maybe more than anything, that's what endeared Shamar Joseph to me. Is that after he got belted for the second six, he ends up going for fifteen off the and at the end of the over he just has a big smile and shrugs and goes oh well what yeah. am I supposed to do you know and he had four wickets in his pocket by that point
0: he did, and I think that smile of Shamar Joseph is what won me over as well, uh, even during that warm-up game. He's just so excited about being here, mm. he's so excited about being a test cricketer already. He's so excited just holding a kookaburra, a bright red cherry in his hand. Uh, uh, but, but you're right, I mean, Travis said he's never been the most aesthetically pleasing batter, and he's the first person to tell you that. Uh, he'll talk about the positions he gets uh, into even when he mm. gets out, and how that makes him look uglier than most other batters. But he just uh, makes it work doesn't it? And you're right, he's become so used to fast bowlers going or teams mm. uh, using weird fields to him uh, from very early on in the series. And I thought even that the West Indies got right. Yeah. A lot of teams go to it after he's gone off to 30 runs but they uh, held him back uh, and they kept him back and I thought it was Really good batting from Travis Head to kind of somehow survive that spell. He did get a few inside edges, and he said in the press conference he batted a lot with the inside edge to start with, but yep. then he got going. But I think you spoke about the two partnerships, Head and Stark, which is crucial because that's the partnership that took uh, Australia into the uh, into the uh, yeah. head uh, in the game.
1: Well, they, when Kerry gets out, they're 168 yeah. on the board and six down, uh, so they're what 22 twenty two runs 20 behind, behind yeah. at that point, and. I mean, that's that's potential trouble brewing. There's there's just this pattern of Travis mm. Head making his big scores when the team's really in trouble, and he he couldn't put his finger on that. We I asked him about it in the in the press just now. Yeah. He just said, "Well, look, maybe when we're when we're right on top, I go out there more aggressively, and maybe yeah. I get out for a lower score, and it's not as noticeable. But when when we're in strife, that's when I have to bat longer. Um, but he manages to bat longer in this really aggressive way. Like that 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 by normal reasoning is a way that you shouldn't be playing because it's higher risk but he somehow manages to make it not risky or not he's just he's so consistently good at at finding the middle that it doesn't seem to matter that he plays a more attacking kind of cricket
0: yeah and, and what he said after later on in that press conference as well where uh the how he looks at percentages of how he can get out and how what uh, a lot of great batters do that a lot of world class batters do that and when they were going short he said uh, he wouldn't have minded uh, uh, you know kind of Getting uh, caught, aged. or Yeah, is that what he said? Yeah, is that, that's exactly what he said. If he wants to sleep or something, well, he said, well, you know,
1: be, I'm, I'm setting up for the higher percentage way of getting out. Exactly,
0: up. yeah. So hmm. uh, that's what would have disappointed him. So I think he plays the percentage as well while he's attacking, uh, while he's defending, or while he's trying not to get out. Uh, but uh, going back to the partnerships, I thought the partnership that he had with Cummins, hmm. even though fewer runs were scored, because when Stark gets out, Shamar Joseph's fourth wicket, a beautiful short ball, uh, and lovely catch by Tej Narayan Chandrapan at short leg, Australia just 30 runs ahead, and that's when, like you said, it felt like if the West Indies can just roll them over, mm. and the lead's around 50, 60, uh, they could still be in the game. But then Travis Head takes on uh, the, the takes on Shamar Joseph, gets to his hundred in the previous over, and I thought those 30 runs came in the space of three or three or three and a half overs, yeah. and that's when suddenly you looked up and the lead was already 70. And even though Travis Head does get out, yep. again a very good catch from Kavim Hodge. Uh, on the boundary. Uh, by that time, he yep. felt like, ah, the game's just slipped away. Yeah,
1: 119 from 134 head finishes up with. That That catch could be Hall of Fame, the way that Hodge, right out in the deep, he came in initially, then he went back, then he went along the boundary a bit, then he worried if he was too far in, but then he wasn't far enough, and it was swirling up there in the wind, and he was thinking, <laughs> is this going to carry me? And, and he just, at the last minute, he was standing about two feet in from the boundary, and it almost cleared him, and he sort of leaned over the rope and plucked it, and managed to stop himself from overbalancing and and I think the whole crowd thought he was going to drop it because, yeah you know when you, you see a player move more than mm, once like reposition themselves you think they're not confident they're going to drop this and then when he plucked it the whole crowd went ooh, yeah. and he held it up to them you know yeah, it, was. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a quite a, a heartwarming kind of moment so heads out there Nathan Lyon comes out and belts a few hooks another six he made 24 yeah, I mean did, important runs, runs there as well with Cummins and then they get to the new ball um, and and, and Joseph, S. Joseph, rather than A. Joseph, is taking the new ball at this point. He gets hooked for that 6 by Lyon, and then the next ball is a screamer. Oh, comes flying in, smashes out his leg stump. And the very first ball of the next over, Kemo Roach bowls Josh Hazelwood. So two and two for the Windies to finish it off. Um, but... The the, the the lead, the deficit they conceded was 95 mm. and they were in just all Oof. sorts immediately. Both openers gone. Chanderpool's gone for naught, Good ball from Hazelwood. Swings in, moves away. Not much you can do about it really. Didn't play a bad shot. Mm. Uh, Brathwaite gets plucked at short leg off off Hazelwood really good catch from Travis Head so one opener for naught, one opener for one they're the two who can bat long Um, and then you know the wickets just keep tumbling even though one of your new faves Kirk McKenzie played some beautiful shots in his 26 did he make Um, and looked pretty decent but for a little while but those around him just kept falling and Hazelwood as I said four for two in, in his fifth over um, looked like they would, they could roll through them in that last session and take the extra half hour and finish it off.
0: Oh yeah, I mean India Twenty Twenty uh, did pop up in every commentary box, I think, especially because it was Josh Hazelwood. Yeah. Uh, don't uh, forget, it was he who ran through India at five for eight. He took that yeah. famous uh, afternoon around this time of the day, wasn't it? Uh, and, and what it
1: Joe Root took, isn't it, in Chennai? Oh, was that that's five great.
0: for eight. Yeah, five for eight was yeah. Joe Root as well. Yeah, so uh, and uh, I think four for nineteen is what uh, the score was when Kavim Hodge uh, played away yep. from his body and was caught in the slippery. Athenae's
1: gloves are bouncing. Uh, oh
0: yep, I, I mean, it was just you know what it was Shambles. though Jeff that you could make out that especially with the Hodge and Athanese dismissals mm. they're batting at a one level above where they are right now I think sure. as batters and you could see they're being rushed and yeah. the two guys who did not look rushed were Kirk McKenzie and Justin Graves who obviously played a lot more first class cricket uh, than uh, someone like Athanese. Sure. Uh, and uh, yeah McKenzie has won me over I thought he's played some of the most attractive shots today there's mm. a bit of Chris Gale a bit of Wavel Hines uh, a lot of Jamaica in this young Jamaican uh, and
1: he some of the cover drives weren't flashy they were very technically oh, correct it yeah. was foot forward to the line of the ball bat directly upright almost kneeling as he gets down to make sure that he's, he's sort of reaching the fuller ball on the perfect half volley um, and, and creaming it away it wasn't you know the way Graves threw the bat a couple of times with a more angled bat to smack it through covers and that was a little bit different so 26 for McKenzie he, he would be furious with how he got out oh, just after the drinks break yeah. green bowls wide of the off stump and he just chips it to cover doesn't time it straight to the the catcher at cover and then graves right at the end of the day Um, it, it ends up being the last thing to happen in the day, in, in the final over, because Lyon traps him, LBW, it's given not out, but they review it, and it's just pitching in line um, for the right-hander with Lyon around the wicket and straightening and hitting the leg stump. So they're six wickets down. They're 22 runs behind. Australia could still win by an innings tomorrow if they steam through the last few early, um, And or mm. you know, even if that doesn't happen, they, they should just be chasing a handful of runs yeah, at I some point, so. you would think, um, because they're, well, we did see... That great resistance from the last West Indies last pair, but it's it's a lightning striking twice kind of situation to expect that to happen again.
0: And now they have seen Shamar Joseph at the bat. Like Josh Hazelwood said, it's not often that you go uh, beyond eight or nine uh, in the batting lineup when you do your research on, on the opposition. Sure. But uh, Shamar Joseph, who I think is not a number eleven, we discussed this yesterday as well, might even bat at number ten. We don't know. So they've seen mm-hmm. what he has to offer. So I'm sure they'll bowl differently to him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the game would have just looked a little different if Josh would Silva and Justin Graves are yep. walking out to bat tomorrow morning, not saying West Indies would have really stood a chance of putting Australia under pressure, but just to recognise batters out yeah. there. But now uh, it will be Elzari Joseph who will walk yep. out with Joshua de Silva. And, and
1: de Silva looks good. He's, made, he he made, he's 17, yeah. not out. He yeah. played he played his pull shot um, more Much cautiously better. this time. Um, nailed one, got a few singles away. I still am a bit heart and mouth every time he, he plays it because... <laughs> yeah. he you worry with, with those fielders out but he, he seemed uh, seemed relatively calm and competent but, mm. yeah they'll, they'll be they're, they're up against it to get more than you know a morning session out of the third yeah. day's play and, and the poor old Sacco because it'll be mm. Friday tomorrow this game will finish on the Friday the enti- they'll miss out on Imagine the entire weekend that, yeah. um, and I think they're fairly rightly furious that you know, you, you know, Cricket Australia know that you're playing against an opposition that is likely yep. to struggle in this country, and you schedule it on a Wednesday start, um, meaning that you need five days to get to Sunday. It's just, it's just madness. They got over 50,000 in the first two days at this Test match. Uh, the full four days at Perth this season were 59,000. So
0: go Adelaide. Not just,
1: just mentioning, just saying, <laughs> for no reason mentioning that. Um, right, I think we should go to the final word, Hall of Fame the hall of fame we choose our most final word moments of the day the things hmm. that appealed to us it's brought to you by cbus super the superannuation company that i i reckon you could say almost a million i think over nine hundred thousand people is close enough to be almost a million i think you do i let, i'm gonna to go use. with a million yeah, yeah. yeah. let's yeah. go. almost a million yeah. um yeah. But, but they're very careful on the numbers they, they never fudge the numbers 8.99 percent average return uh, and and they're they're big on investing back into the building and construction industry that's a, a lot of their members work in that industry and so cbus in invest their members money in those sorts of projects it's a virtuous cycle
0: but past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance
1: there we go we know that's true because you've never done that bit before and yet today you did Uh, cbussuper.com.au Uh, What have we got? Hall of Fame. Um, Steve Smith went level with Alistair Cook today on 175 catches in test cricket. That means the only players ahead of him now. Mark Waugh, Joe Root, Ricky Ponting, Jacques Callis, Mahela Wardner, Raoul Dravid. Mm. Smith's taken his catches. He's he's not many behind Root, maybe seven or eight behind Root. And he's taken them in about 30 fewer test matches. So do we have a ding-dong battle in the last few years of their two careers? (laughs) So who will end up on top on test, catch, tally? I don't know. Could be be, Um, a word for Kimo Roach as well. Coming into his fourth tour of Australia, he had taken eight wickets at 90 across seven Test matches. He's got that average down to 77, picking up a couple today. Um, He probably won't get to bowl again in this Test match. If he does, he won't (laughs) be. um, But you know, who knows? He might take five for ten trying to defend 40 um, in, in the last innings of this match. And then he'll have Brisbane as well. So keep that average go- trending down. Um, and well, we'll come back to Shamar because we Gosh. have to. But what, anything from you before we get there?
0: Uh, I, I thought even just after that last wicket with Justin Greaves, uh, you could see Pat Cummins and the Australian uh, players just hung around there. Uh, maybe they were trying to convince the umpires to give them that extra half hour to finish the game. Imagine how, how pissed off the SACA members would have been if the game was finished today. <laughs> oh, you're, you're saying we can't even drag it into a half Friday? An hour the morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which could still be the case. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then I could see Nathan Menon from uh, umpire Nathan Menon from sh- square like just start signalling that mm-hmm. and Joshua De Silva by this time has already almost <laughs> crossed the rope with Justin <laughs> Graves so there was this, a bit of a stalemate there Pat yep. Cummins so maybe thought he could convince the umpires but it at wasn't six to down. be yeah. at six down on day two maybe bit he of a w- bit rich at six down yeah, on day know, two exactly uh, so but look we'll have to come back uh, tomorrow it's supposed to be a warmer day so yep. uh, I'm not complaining about that so I just thought it was interesting it told you a lot about the mindset of the team. Sure,
1: sure, I like it. Um, the half hour works for Australia in Melbourne, they got Pakistan yeah, at did, seven actually. down and finished it off on day four. Um, and yeah, Shamar Joseph coming up, this was the, and, and, and I, I hope and I expect we'll see photographs and videos oh, yes. of this moment. Just a point of contrast here. Last night, Shamar Joseph did the presser. we talked about that on, on yeah. the episode yesterday. The, the thing I didn't quite mention was that for, I reckon about Thirty to forty-five seconds yeah. before we started yeah. the press conference, he was sitting. You're on a little podium on a table, mm. and it's not a hugely intimidating room. There are a oh. dozen fairly gentle-looking weirdos like us sitting in there. It's not. I'd like it. just given him a big warm hug. Yeah, sure, which should make anybody feel better. Yeah. But he got up and sat down, and he put his yeah. arms on the table, and he put his head on his forearms, and just didn't look at anybody, and just sat there for about half a minute, yeah. breathing. So that he could calm himself down to do the presser because he was nervous. And I understand that, right? Like, you know, we're used to talking to microphones and cameras by now. But when you're not, it's intimidating. It's weird. You don't like it. Um, He was so nervous yesterday. Today, after he'd taken his fifth wicket, the next ball, the final wicket of the innings falls, his teammates tell him to lead them off. He's well out in front of the group as he gets near the rope. He's, He's saluted with the match ball and he gets to the rope and he's being applauded and he stops for a minute and he has a presence of mind to stop and look up and look around and take it in and then he throws both arms out and he gives a big low stately bow holding his maroon cap and the whole place just went It was unbelievable They loved it Um, it, It's it's amazing that you can have such an an upbeat cheerful moment when a team's being absolutely brutalised on the field but he from that shy 24 year old of yesterday to having the presence of mind to, to play to the crowd in that moment, I thought that was extraordinary. Oh. You know What an evolution we've seen even in the space of 24 hours uh, in this player.
0: He just embodies free spirit, doesn't he? He, he just comes across as someone um, who has kind of seen his life kind of slip away which is what happened uh, when that tree nearly fell on him when he was logging with his family many years ago and he felt like I need to do something more with my life and he takes this big chance Uh, and and like I said earlier there's just something about uh, how every moment on the field, he said he keeps smiling. But just notice him on the outfield as well. He's trying to interact with the fans. And I remember from the warm-up game, Jeff, when there were like I think eight people watching that yeah. match plus a couple of us commentators. There was a father and son who just stood right behind him, uh, and he's bowled two overs at this point in this warm-up game, and he was interacting with them. He was chatting with them, mm. uh, and you could just say he's just. He, he can't, he wants to soak in every moment, but yeah, I mean that bit of theatre tells us uh, why I think he's already become one of the most popular new cricketers on the circuit. All right,
1: that's enough for us. We will get a day three daily. Probably not anything beyond that, um, unless something really extraordinary uh, intervenes between now and then. Yeah, Jeff know. Lemon, Barrett Cinderason, if you want to back in the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the final word, um, become part of our lovely online community. And uh, if you want to sort out your superannuation, AU. Final word, daily. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I don't know why I stopped. I ain't and I George Benson. I ain't protected, brother, I ain't fencing. If my future questions, <laughs> my current senses, <laughs> that'd be the same we've been doing for centuries.
1: Sorry if I ran out to empty, both this, so you know what I meant. I had to go about
0: it.